So, Mark Sumner, Robertson Sumner, welcome to the Dysology Join the Club podcast. Um, we're, we're newer than you into this, um, but Mark, you know, you're well-revered, well-known and a fellow entrepreneur. So we've got you on to talk about some of the things that we're doing in line with women in tech. And we're gonna, I'm going to start with asking you the questions. Some of these questions are questions you've asked other people on your podcast, so bear with, but the tables are turned. Um, but most people in IT and the channel, actually, have tripped and fallen into it rather than actually it been an actual career move. Um, so I'm curious to know how you started your journey and how you've got into tech. Yeah, interesting. well, again, tripped and fell into it, literally fell into it. I was... Um... I was in recruitment. I did. I actually started doing grave diggers, and industrial <laughs> industrial cleaners. When I first started doing recruitment, I started doing high school stuff, and um, I, went, I wanted to, I wanted to I wanted to earn more money, and and the only way I wanted to earn more money is is to go into a, an industry. And I, still, I, I enjoyed recruitment. I loved recruitment, but I wanted to go in an industry where it was higher salaries, higher people, bit faster change. And in two thousand. I started Robertson Sumner, and it and it was you know to start recruiting for in the tech in the tech field. I worked for a company for about a year or nine months beforehand, just start, starting in recruiting telesales people. It was in the days when I don't know if you remember in like metrology, in distribution, and and CHS electronics. So you know, long long time ago, placing people, little telesales people into into distribution twenty years ago in nineteen ninety eight. I started doing it. Um, and I just I just enjoyed it. And so I, I, I started it into that and I so fell into it. I didn't think I didn't know nothing about computers. I can't even turn the computer on now. So I just fell into it and then just stayed in it ever since. So what would you say to to people wanting to join tech into tech? Because I don't think we're seeing a lot of people, certainly at young um career level when you know you're at school you're sort of looking at you know where do I go do I go accounting or law or medicine or we don't we're not seeing technology um granted it's not an old industry got it right but how um how are you then encouraging now that you're obviously you've been in this industry for a good amount of time how are you encouraging sort of the younger generation because I'm sure you work on a whole variety of roles how do you encourage those kind of graduates or even you know younger people um to get into tech what would you say to them it's an interesting one because I started doing for the first first time ever this year, I, I, I did it at Brunel with um, I got some um, some senior leaders in the industry, Sarah Shields, Mundell, yeah. a couple of others, to sort of try and get the the graduates or the undergraduates at Brunel to come into our industry. But mm-hmm. I think it's you know people say to me all the time, it's you know we've got to get people doing STEM subjects and um, get them them early. I don't think. <laughs> Forget STEM subjects for a minute. I just think it's the industry is not known. I don't care if you've done drama. I don't care if you've done a music degree. You should be considering tech as an industry. You should be considering tech as an industry, an alternative to what you can't do. You know, I didn't. I didn't want to go into technology. I wanted to be a football player. I didn't want to go. Into, then I wanted to be a, a stockbroker. That's what I thought. That's where all the money was. I didn't want to go into technology and yeah. technology. And I think there's a big fallacy that we've got to educate. We've got to get people to go and do STEM subjects, then go and do computer science degrees, then come to technology. And if that's the case, that's going to put off everyone else that's doing every other degree because mm. they're almost thinking, well, if we're only trying to get people doing STEM subjects who then will do computer science degree, who will then go into our industry. Mm. 
the every other single subject, they won't consider it as an option. They'll say, well, actually, well, I'll go and do accountancy or I'll try and be a lawyer or I'll try and be a doctor. And if I can't do that, I'll stumble into something else. And of course, they then might stumble into technology. Yes. I don't think anyone that's 17, 18, 19, well, certainly not when I was doing it, would ever consider technology as an industry to go into, i.e. like law, like accountancy, like being a doctor. I just don't think they even think of it. And you're right, it is a young industry, but that's where the awareness needs to change. It's not like, it's not you're doing STEM subjects and you're doing a computer science degree. It should be, you're at school, consider tech as an industry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally agree. I mean, I think, you know, if you've got more people at, at sort of 13, 14, 15 wanting to get into tech you know, it will feed your pipeline of candidates, right, moving forward so that, you know, your your business will, will thrive. I went into school and did a presentation a while ago. I've done it a few times now. And they were 30, between 10 and 13 years old. There's 100 kids. And I said, put your hand up if you ever wanted to get into IT. Two boys put their hand up because all they can see is, you know, John, the techie guy who lives in the basement, who still just switches stuff on and off again, who gets called out of his dark room when he can't, we can't work the computer. And I still think, and, and by the end of the talk, because we talked about average salary and everything else, by the end of the talk, there was a lot more interest. There wasn't 50% more interest, well, 50% of the kids' interest, but there was a good you know, 15 to 20 more people who were putting their hands up at the end because they thought, oh, I didn't realise that I, I didn't have to be techie um and so i wonder because small incremental changes make a difference what we can do in the channel yourself myself our our comrades as it were what we can do to help that education at school level or what do we think that schools need to do to actually make it more interesting so what so what, what what do you think what do you think we need to do what 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 are the school level programs that we can we can try and introduce I think it's through ill education. You know, I don't think they see it as an industry. I know that sounds as crazy as it sounds. I don't think they see the IT industry as a, a landscape of a multitude of jobs to come into. It's it's what you've just said, um, Hayley. It's the, it's the guy that's eating pizza at night and then coding, you know, looking at a screen and then and then, and then goes to sleep at the morning at three in the morning. That's, yeah. that's what they consider. that. That's the, that's the whole perception of the IT industry. They don't see the the collaboration, they don't see the different roles, they don't see sales roles in IT, they don't see operations roles in IT, they don't see marketing, they just see Mr. Techie Coder who works yeah. night shift and that's what he does and doesn't yeah. like weekends. Yeah. And unfortunately, until that fallacy is is stopped and it is through people going to schools, it is through the it is through the schools themselves trying to educate mm-hmm. people that it's not those types of jobs. I don't I don't see it drastically changing. The only good thing is is because the the, the multitude of jobs that are coming out now, new jobs are lots of are, are around technology. You mm. know, the creation of new te- jobs are around tech. Naturally, I think it will change, which is a great thing. But it's promotion, isn't it? So it's, it's I mean, promotion. Yeah. It's you and I obviously uh, didn't start in technology. We didn't study technology. We're not techies. Well, I'll openly admit that. And, and, and you also did. What do you think then are the core competences that we need in technology? If you said like, you know, you, you can take from drama, you can take from English degrees, geography degrees, whatever, um, or A-levels, whatever. But what are the core competences of individuals that we're looking for in technology? I think the main ones are first for learning because, you know, the, the, the change that 
the rapid change of technology. You know, if, if any if, if any person says to me, oh, they've got a real good overview of the technology and they can keep up with it, mm. I say, forget it, you can't keep up with it. It's changing too fast to keep up with it. You know, last year it's cloud, then it's the mobility, then it's security, then it's AI, then it's robotics. I don't even know these terms, Hayley. They're, they're, <laughs> so, they're so hard to keep up with. And I think it's a, a natural thirst for learning, um, and an ability to be very adaptable and also a willingness that it is going to change. You know, if you look at lots of industries, you know, whether it's law or county or politics or whatever it is, they don't drastically change. They don't, re- it, 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 they might have new policies come, but they don't drastically change. Whereas if you look at technology, what you've learned six months ago about a tech mm. could be outdated, could be done, could be gone, could be obsolete by April next year. Yeah, and that would be quite scary. Most people don't like change, so I would say if you if you if you've not got a willingness to change, you don't like fast pace, you don't like things changing, adaptable, you don't like things moving very very quickly. Definitely don't come into it. And I think if if people come into it and think, actually, I do like things quite exciting. I do like things that change quickly. I don't like every day is the same. I do like learning new things. I do like actually trying to adapt all the time mm. and those are the skills that really do well if you look at the people that have really done well in our industry it's, it's adapt or die in our industry it's learn mm. something or, or just or just die yeah and I, I think those those whether you call them the core skills or interests or aptitudes you know that's that's something very imperative for, for most people to look for absolutely and the beauty about what you just said there and what i just said there is not one element of it was anything to do with the gender related and I know we're talking on the, on this on this particular podcast about the women in tech festival and and you know we will get onto the diversity question but core competencies are not specific to gender so and you know the people who have done well have that tenacity you know willingness to learn drive and overall positivity i think that's another thing and you're right i think the reason why you and i liked being in tech and grew the businesses in tech is because we like the fast pace of change. We like the, the fact that no day is the same. But let's talk about the elephant in the room then, which isn't really an elephant because we've both discussed it on many occasions, but um, with many people, but diversity. So women in technology, the gender imbalance, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you asked me, you know, what do you think men can do or what do you think we can do generally uh, to help with this as well? And I'm going to ask you that same question because I've spoken to many guys um, about this gender inequality and certainly in our industry and some have said well I've not experienced it I don't see it I don't know how to respond I don't know how to to act I don't know what to do to help with it at the same time they probably feel slightly intimidated with how kind of aggressive we are at getting that campaign out there so you know from speaking from a male perspective it'd be really nice to hear your viewpoints on firstly have you seen it yourself and are you very aware of it um, certainly from a recruitment point of view, because you must have um, had clients in the past that have said, I want a bloke in this job or I want a woman in this job. Um, what's your experience on that? And also, secondly, what do you think we need to do? What do you think men need to do to change that? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question, Hayley, because I think I think there's a real, you know, men aren't aware. Men, men aren't aware. They don't see it as a problem. You know, so if they don't see it as a problem, Nothing will happen. Nothing will change. And, you know, for, for example, let's just make me an example. I wasn't aware it's a problem. And I, I'm recruiting for over 400 channel firms. I didn't think it was a big problem. I, I noticed the Women's Festival a couple of years ago. And quite frankly, I was thinking, why, why is this happening? Why, why is there a festival for women? I, I don't know what the problem is. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm in recruitment. And I'm in, I'm, I'm hearing about it all the time. Yeah. Yet I was blissfully unaware that there was a, there was a, there was only 15% of women in tech. 
didn't know, didn't care, didn't know the stats, wasn't interested, no one's come up to me. And it's through a lack of education. And I, and I think I think it's been great to be, for me personally, to be educated from the, the women in the channel to actually say why they're doing it. Because unless you're actually told, I don't think men, and I'm going to put myself out there again, I don't think men really care. I, agree. I totally agree. They just don't, they, they're, they're not interested. They, they don't see it as a problem. So unless, unfortunately, unless women highlight there is an issue, i.e., I, I've never been to the women's festival, but the women's festival should be inviting all the men. Should be inviting all the men to, to educate them on why they're celebrating women. Why they're not uh, inviting them. I just think that perhaps it's too obvious because it's women's festival. The assumption is women have to go. And, yeah. it's, and you know, we're talking about willingness to learn across candidates. Yeah. I think men have got to have a willingness to learn in some respects as well. Like, I, I'm curious about this. Am I going to be you know, shut out or, or encouraged to, to learn. So I don't know if you've not experienced the, the kind of shut door, but... It's, 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 I think it's, I think, again, it's just not awareness, Hayley. Mm. I'm looking, I'm thinking, you know, if someone invited me to the Women's Festival now, would I go, yes, 100%. Would I thought of going two years ago? No, because because it's just women only. I, I you, you don't know what's going on. You don't know why they're doing it. Yeah. And it's through conversations that we're having now, and obviously on the channel chat that I had with you, that get, raising awareness of why it's happened, why it's a problem. Yeah. What, why, why aren't women coming into our industry? Why is it so male-dominated? Mm. Why should we be having successful female role models? Because if we don't, nothing will change. There won't be equal opportunities. There won't be opportunities for our sons and daughters or our cousins or whoever it is yeah. to even come into that industry. And men are men are ignorant. They're blissfully unaware of what's going on. So they, they're almost just going to carry on until someone shoves it in their face and say, look, this is a real problem. Because there's no doubt about it, Hayley. You know, I, I firmly believe there's a lot of firms out there who are very disingenuous with it. It's almost like this. Oh, women are moaning about the women in technology groups. Okay, well, why don't why doesn't the, why doesn't someone in HR start a women technology group and we'll post it on Twitter and we can say that we're promoting women technology and we're really really good. Then they and then the PR stops and they put the laptop down and the, and the recording stops. It's like who cares? It's just we, we just did that a bit of PR. And unfortunately, while that's happening, that ignorance is happening. They won't really understand. It's almost like a. Oh, is someone moaning about women in technology? Well, we'll just put something out, put something out on Instagram, and hopefully we'll just sort of shuffle it away. And and that that is ubiquitous throughout throughout the industry. It's male apathy, isn't it? And and yeah. unless they see it as a problem, the, the the issue that we have, I think, as well, and something that we've, and I don't believe, by the way, that it's it's synonymous just with women. But I think the imposter syndrome it does men do suffer from that as well. But I think that the way that women settle and take. And have to have been conditioned to feel grateful for where they've got to, because effectively they've got to be a great mother and a great wife and a great career person and a great and great looking and all that kind of stuff. You know, I think that um, generally women are less confident in pushing themselves out there and any blockers and, and any assumed roles, they just retreat rather than push. And it's those people, those women who push and I noticed you'd asked the Queen Bee question to, um, I think it was Julie, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And um, and it's a shame because women are vilified for being confident and pushing against those barriers. And yet men pushing against those barriers, yay, he's brilliant, look at him go, he's such a career-driven guy. So I think we've got to challenge the norm. So what would if there was a group of guys and you were sat around a table now mm. in the industry, what would you say to them? What would you say, hey, guys, this is what we need to do? 
Whoa, Hayley, what a question. What a question. A $64 million question, Mark. It's a really difficult question to answer because I think that if we were sitting around the table, and that, this is going to sound callous, we wouldn't be talking about it. It wouldn't even come up. The, the question about women in technology wouldn't even come up. They'd be like, no one wants to talk about that. Women in technology come up. And it's, again, through lack of education, through lack of understanding, they just haven't got a clue it's going on. They, they, they would be like this. And they, this is, you know, these sexist remarks happen all the time. And I hear it all the time. It's almost like it would be say something like this. Mark, the question wouldn't be, um, you know, how can we get women in technology? They'd be like, how can we get more good-looking women in technology? How can we get good look, more good-looking so, yeah. so, oh my God, right. So, Hayley, you'd hear people say that all Yeah, no, no, I know. I, I know it goes on. Fortunately, I've never experienced it because I literally would karate chop someone in the face <laughs> if they said anything around a table in front of me and they know it. But, but you know, if you were sat and you set the agenda and you said, hit right, four people at the industry, right? And you could say, right, guys, we need to talk about, you know, how we not just get more women in technology, how do we support what women are trying to do in our wonderful industry and promote, you know, the fact that gender is can be equal and that we yeah. will absolutely call out shit behaviour. What can we do? And it is going to be small changes. It isn't just, right, here's a programme of action, let's go and help. Yeah. Let's kind of put our little I am going to save the world hats on that some, some men do. It's a case of can we... Can we call it out shit behaviour? Can we say, hey, mate, that's not what you say anymore. You don't say, can we get more good looking women? Don't be a chauvinistic twat. You know, that kind of thing. That's what we need to be doing. Uh, you know, and, and I would say set that agenda, you know, to, to, to other men, set that agenda. Go and speak to four or five of your closest mates, comrades in the industry and go and say, if you see it, you call it out. Yeah, and absolutely. And, 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 and there's little things, you know, like you'll, you'll have job applications where you'll see the job adverts and it's it, it's yeah. the language that's tailored to men. It could be, I'm a new business hunter and I want aggressive, I want tenacious, I want, mm. you know, you know, yeah. um, new, it's aggressive language that's tailored yeah. towards men. And women will look at it and think, actually, do I even want to fight? Yeah, that's right. How am I going to juggle being a, a hunter, truss, huntress, uh, and uh, an aggressive person when I've got a child I need to come home to? Yeah. And- I've got to be flexible in my working and all that kind of stuff, which is absolutely possible. But you're right. Do you do you rewrite job ads that come in from your clients? We, yeah, we do because at the end of the day, that what will happen is they'll they'll use, they'll use male language. Yeah, yeah. You know, hunter, determined, aggressive. You know, and, and what you know what I found is women women want collaboration. They want teamwork. They yeah. want they want they want you know trusted partnerships. Club all, all nice language actually is, is is in general good for business, whereas Men, it's natural aggressive language. So if I if I get someone from a um, a partner, he'll use natural aggressive language, and I'll, and I'll say to him, I'll say, look, we can we we can put that we can put that advert out, but let me tell you something: no, no woman would apply for it. Mm. You know, they just won't apply. So mm-hmm. that's one thing that we can do. Um, another thing is 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 the benefits package. You know, you know, COVID did a a, a great thing in, in some ways. Made it made it flexible that actually women can have very senior jobs and not have to travel around the world and not have to juggle healthcare and not have to, oh, I've got to be at that 8.30 meeting when they've got to drop the, the school, you know, the school run. It yeah. made you think, actually, if we're flipping it and we're saying remote working, it mm-hmm. means actually they can juggle health, um, childcare, they can juggle, you know, 
getting the delivery or whatever they want to do and still do the job and be effective. And I think that was a great yeah. eye-opener for a lot of firms to think, actually, mm. you know, we should be, you know, because, Hayley, there was going to be that, you know, there's going to be that thing where, oh, actually, there's there's a woman that's um, all coming up to uh, childbearing age. Oh, actually, no, we don't want her because she's going to go off for a year. We might have to train her. That, that was happening all the time. Yeah. yeah all the time. And, and I think now... If, if people can look at thinking, well, look at your job specs. If you want to attract women, put, put language in to attract women. But also, if you've got a benefits package and a, and a, a working uh, relationship, sorry, sorry, a flexible working scheme that actually encourages women to think, do you know what? I have got two kids or I've got this or I've got that or I've got, you know, responsibilities that will fit around my work, that will fit in that environment. Mm. They're more likely to apply. They're more likely to join the culture. And yeah. the third thing you've already said is calling it out. If you've yeah. got a, if you've got a, a culture where there is, let's call it misogynistic, chauvinistic language going in. If people don't call it out, it will carry on. Yeah. And if you don't call it out in your own companies, the 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 females, if they don't call it out, it will just be accepted as the norm. And accepted as the norm, it will carry on. Yeah. And here's another idea. Why don't we try and get um, put packages together for men to have more flexibility so that they can also do the shopping and the kid pickups and the all that kind of stuff, too? Because I think the shift change that I've certainly seen is that men want to be more involved in the family. They want to be more involved in the kids, not just take them out on a Saturday or take the lads to football or whatever. But actually, they want to be present parents and have that proper joint responsibility. Um, actually, you know, admitting and being aware of the fact that their other half is equally as career minded, which I think that's a big shift change too. you know, in the household. 100 percent. And I've again, you know, if, if there's any positive that's happened with COVID, that yeah. has happened because there's no doubt about it. I've seen lots of um, CEOs and salespeople and people throughout the channel, men throughout the channel, really enjoying helping out at home, yeah. really enjoying the you know, actually, I can do the school run and do this, yeah. or I can pick up the kids and do that, or I can help my wife out and, and encourage her to have a yeah a, a more of a a career herself. And let's be honest, Haley, if, if you're going to have a if we're calling marriage a partnership, it needs to be a partnership. Doesn't you know division of labour? However, you decide to do it, fifty. Every relationship is fifty fifty, and I think that the balance has been so skewed that yeah. that to to, to just overnight it's going to be impossible but you're right I think Covid has helped um I've seen a lot of people as well that you know um have defaulted to those traditional roles because they've been at home and I think that's difficult as well because I think women also will go oh well I'm at home so therefore I'll do the shopping do the ironing do the this do the that and I think that that's where you know it's too easy to just slip back into those role roles that aren't necessarily a, a given and shouldn't and, and constant questions should be asked and I think as well, Hayley, that, you know, the, the modern world now, you know, if, if I look at my my two sons and my daughter, you know, when they grow up, they're going to both need to work full time. You can't, you know, you can't survive now. No, totally, um, yeah. Unless you're very fortunate, you can't survive now on one salary in a household. So you do need to have those careers where both partners need careers. They yeah. both need to be actually trying to maximise their earning potential because if they don't, it's going to be a real struggle. And, and the, the creation of jobs in technology now where, Every year, more technology, more tech jobs are being created, and less applicants are coming into the market. It's only going to get worse, and and rest that awareness to come into our industry. Yeah, totally. To be honest, yeah. it's ruling the world now. It's yeah. ruling the world. You know, the 11, 11, 11 of the top fifteen firms in the UK are, are tech or related to tech. 
you know, so unless you're actually, we're educating them to come into it and actually encouraging those careers for females, those households are going to have a struggle because I don't, I don't think many households can survive now on one salary. Mm, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think you're in, um, obviously we're based up in the north, it's a tiny bit different, but it's increasingly more expensive everywhere you go. And I think if you're naturally going to be located near to a city, it's going to just whack up the prices, good schools, good universities. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough, tough gig. So what are you doing internally with your business? I mean, you know, you've obviously um, had your business for a long time and recruitment has, in my mind, and certainly when I worked in, in um, headhunting years ago, it was there was a lot more females, actually, than men going into recruitment initially. Um, and I know certainly when I left university, there was um, a big um, it was it was kind of at that peak where recruitment was really taking off and people were earning fantastic amounts of money. I mean, what's the what's the split like in your organisation and, and how do you encourage that kind of equality? Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, recruitment in general, if you look at, again, it's just that sort of perception. High street agency is considered yeah. females. Lots of females in high street yeah. agency. Tech agencies, always men. You don't see mm-hmm. many females in tech industries. And if they are, if, they, if, if one of them comes into it, they're normally absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. you know, we've probably got 20% females. So we've got three females, 16, 15, 16 guys. Wow. Um, so we haven't, we haven't got enough females in our own industry. And, you yeah. know, it, and through, and it's been interesting doing the shows with like yourself and through um, the women's series, suddenly having to take a, a forensic look at my own company and think, you mm-hmm. know what, actually, do we actually encourage women? Are we actually using the right language to actually yeah. three things that we've said? We're actually asking ourselves now: Are mm. we the right language? Are we actually actually giving them enough flexibility to actually come into it? Yeah. Um, I'd like to say that we haven't got you know uh, I'd like well a laddish culture where if something like happened like that we, it would be called out in our own company. Yeah. But are we doing enough? No, we weren't doing enough, and mm. it was through it was through lack of knowledge, and yeah. it's only in the last. Three, four, five, six weeks when we suddenly took a good hard look at ourselves and thought, do you know what? We might be able to talk about this within series, but the stuff that we're learning, mm. we're, not, we're actually not actually implementing our own business, and it's and it's 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 hard to look in the mirror like that. It's it's not it's not it's not good reading. So you suddenly think actually we need to mm-hmm. actually address it ourselves. And I think that's why one of the the the, the great things about what the what, what we were trying to do, and what you're trying to do, is is get that message out sort of to everyone. It's not just going down the pub and mentioning it to one person saying, oh, actually, we'd like to get another female, but hey-ho, it doesn't matter if we don't, it doesn't matter if it doesn't happen. You've yeah. got to do something about it, tangible, tangible stuff that you're doing something about it. So, so you know, when we were doing that Women in Series, Hayley, it, it wasn't pleasant reading for us. We were thinking, God, this is this is good. And, of course, you put yourself out there to be shot at, which we, we were happy with. We sort of said, look, we're going to do this series, you know. It's controversial. You're causing controversy. Yeah. I'm a 43-year-old guy that's only used to working with men. I'm, I'm that stereotypical guy that we're yeah. doing. So you're putting yourself in the shop window. But I think what I can say is now is at least I've been educated. At least I now know. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, if someone asked me now, why is there a women's festival? I know the answer. Why is there women role models? I know the answer. Why is there women in groups? I know the answer. I know why we're celebrating women and men. Uh, women. Yeah. I know why we're trying to get more women, women in tech. Yeah. The challenge is, it's, it's, I think it's purely through lack of education and lack of awareness. And it's the, and I, I am generalizing, but I speak to enough men in, in the industry, mm. they're just completely unaware it's going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Female, but it doesn't matter if you can't find one. 
Yeah, I mean, no, I said to you when you when you'd asked the questions on on the podcast I did for you that you know you 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 are causing controversy, but then again, you kind of have to do that in order to get this out there. You know, it's a real shame that the hashtag Me Too movement ever started, and it's a real shame that we have to just recognise women in a women's festival when we're fifty percent of the population more so, and you know we've never really just um, just turned up and and you know suddenly become a problem to, 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 to men in the world. You know, we, we've always been a problem. <laughs> and, and so, and, and equally so have men. So I think it is not new, but at the same time, it's very new because I think we're all very comfortable now with calling it out and saying, actually, that's not right. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the, the bigger this gets, hopefully that will start to change because, you know, we've got to educate our sons and daughters, as you rightly said, on what the best behaviour is, that everybody should have equal opportunities to grow, to develop, to achieve their goals and dreams regardless what that is and what industry it is um i'm actually doing a tedx talk um a local one to hear on getting people into technology and i don't mean just uh, stem and tech what yeah. i mean is um it's so important to get to attract people to this wonderful industry yeah. um, it's massive it's massive and the commercial skill set the, the tenacity the can do the you know the drive the the platform for success is so great because it's an open field. And some people are scared off by that, right? But some people are not. So that's that's important. And, you know, somebody who's always looking forward as well, like, like yourself, what's next for you? What are you What are you looking to achieve in the next, you know, the last couple of years you've been educated on the women in tech, you know, what's next? I mean, Robertson Sumner, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, you're well established now, but what's next in the next five years? What's next for you and for your business? How do you see things growing? I think, um, uh, <laughs> For us, you know, we, we, what was great for us was over the last eighteen months. You know, we, we invested a lot in video over the last yeah. eighteen months, and that and that and that wasn't because you know, we were doing lots of videos anyway. Because I thought, you know, the the people how they were downloading information was through audio and was through video. Yeah. So, for instance, am I going to read, you know, you know, Hayley's views from Distology around women in technology if she writes a book? No, I'm not. No, I'm a bloody good read though, Mark. <laughs> but I'm not going to buy that book. But, you know, if am I going to look for a, a snippet or an audio or some you know, education? Yes, I would. And I think yeah. we, we decided that we thought, well, we're going to invest in video technology, which we did. And it obviously did served us well in, in, in COVID. And for us, you know, we firmly believe now that every first interview now will be over video, regardless. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we just don't believe that anyone will be bothered now to, you know, can I go and visit Hayley for a first interview in, in the Northwest or wherever it's going to be, or London or wherever I see you? Um, and get the train fare and do that on the basis that when I'm turning up, she said, actually, Mark, you know, I don't like, you know, you're now you're the wrong cultural fit. I've wasted my time. So there's no doubt that's going to happen. So I, I believe that we, we we will continue to invest in building technology on yeah. our you know, platform. We will continue to invest in trying to screen candidates over video to save our clients time and resource. And also we will, um, as, as a business, try and invest in more data points so for example you know we, we'll do our sal our salary service we'll do our battle of the benefits we want to make sure that we're giving um clients information and data points before they make a decision because mm. recruitment has got such a bad name Haley. Oh, everyone, yeah. everyone hates recruiters everyone absolutely hates recruiters um and unfortunately there's people sharks in our industry are justified you know they chuck people in they pull people out they don't really care they just they just turn them around like a, a spinning wheel and i would like to think that you know through doing the channel chat where we're trying to give the voice the channel a voice through through giving data points where we're trying to give clients information 
and through investing in the video, those three points, mm. we will continue doing that to show that actually we don't want to be flesh peddlers or, you know, people that hate the industry. We do actually want to be partners. We do want to be an outsourced recruitment company. We, we do want to give you the information and to, for you to make informed decisions. And, and if we can continue that over the next three or four years, I'll be really happy on those three points. Video, giving customers data points so they can make decisions and continue the, the channel chat and making it very controversial. You know, I, there's no doubt about it. We will do a women's series every year now, mm. four weeks before the uh, the women's festival, yeah. just to raise awareness for the men so they don't suddenly think, why is the women's festival going on and why are they celebrating it again? It's almost like, well, I'll tell you what, we're going to give 10 women the chance to vocalise the, 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 why it's happening so you're not ill-informed. You, you know, if you get the news, you're misinformed. If you don't listen, you're ill-informed. Do you know what? Next year, get some guys on as well that are really quite key in the industry to say why they think it's important and what they – and perhaps exactly like you have just said, I was dead ignorant, but now this is yeah. fantastic because it means I've now, now done X, Y, Z. You know, that would be really, really, really I'm cool. Doing that this year, Hayley. We're getting, I've got, I'm, I'm going to get three men on in the next two or three weeks to sort of say, well, look, yeah, women in technology, well, only women can answer that. It's like, no, they can't. Let, let's yeah. get men answering why there's not enough women in the industry. Yeah. So, that believe me, there'll be some tough answers there that they won't. You know, I don't want to be asked by you how many women I've got in my company. I don't want to be asked by you what I'm doing about it because I'm thinking, uh, uh, what am I doing about it, Hadi? I don't know. Well, I might get you on next year again. I and mean, if it's still three against <laughs> <Yeah>. my female, <laughs> we might have an issue. But you know, look, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that you know, is that your services business? I, I know from many years I worked in, in headhunting, it's not the nicest of industries to be in at times because your product is so movable, um, but you're adding value. And I think that certainly we mirror that adistology by adding value. You're trying to seek out what's the next best thing that you can actually create some form of, um, you know, real respect and, uh, and and true true proper value, you know, some real credibility to the industry. So, um, so thank you, Mark. And thank you for spending the time on our podcast today. It's been really good. I'm glad I got a chance to turn the tables. <laughs> yeah, no, no, my pleasure. Yeah, no problem. <laughs>